Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, wana sta'inuhu, wana staghfiruhu, wana u'minu bihi, wana tawakalu alayhi. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina, wa min sayyati amalina. Man yahdihillahu falamudillalah, man yudlilhu falahadiyalah. Wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallah, wa nashhadu anna muhammadan abuduhu wa rasuluhu. وصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فنعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اصبروا والصابروا ورابطوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله الذين my beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu. We praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. Wanasta'inuhu. We seek His help. Wanasta'afiruhu. We seek His forgiveness. We believe in Him and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. And we bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and many more and many more. And once again, my beloved brothers and sisters, I ask you the same question I ask every single, time, every single time that I stand before you, and that is for you and I to take a look at ourselves and ask ourselves what is changing. And especially compared now, here we are in the last Friday of the semester, compare yourself with what you were like back in August. What was the world like back in August compared to today? What is our society, our community like today compared to back in August, and then what is your relationship with Allah like today versus what it was back in August? Way back when we began, and this is something I've been speaking about in the last few khutbahs, is that we began the school year completely exhausted. There was this lack of energy across the MSA that we traced perhaps to all the problems that took place over the summer, whether we talk about the shootings in Orlando or the various bombings, but the point being that being Muslim in America is its own psychological exhausting difficulty. In no way are any of us claiming for ourselves that it's as difficult as life is, for example, right now for our brothers and sisters in Syria, in Iraq, elsewhere. Nevertheless, it is still exhausting. It's as though you're always performing. It's as though you're always on guard, and this is especially for our sisters, and especially, especially for our sisters who cover their hair, you're always on guard. You're always being put under a microscope. And that does get exhausting, because this didn't begin last summer. This has been going on at least since 9-11, but even before that. And then we went through the school year with anxiety that then brought us to the election, which then turned everything into very deep fear which then, as I've mentioned last few weeks, that students in the past few months have been complaining quite a bit about faith problems. How do I know what to believe? How, how do I know this is the truth? So forth and so on. 
and then leading in this past month, for whatever reason, to a surge in suicide ideation, to a surge in suicide attempts. And this is not limited to Muslims, but it's definitely included us. But it's been going around, uh, on and on around the country, and we're still at a loss in trying to figure out why is it all surging now. And as I think I mentioned, some people are connecting it with this Netflix TV show, 13 Reasons Why. I haven't seen it yet, I can't really comment much, but the point being, something is going on. Or maybe we're just witnessing further and further breakdown in our society. Because we're also here at the end of the college career for quite a few of you, and mashallah for all of your efforts, mashallah for all of your successes, and as I've said to you individually and collectively many times, I'm very proud of each and every one of you, and each and every one of you is, as you know, at least I hope you know, very personally, very, very valuable to me. And, but what else I'm saying is that when I was graduating from college, looking at what was the spirit in the air, this is the mid-90s, versus all of you, it seems like your generation has way less hope than my generation did back then. Way back in the 90s, it really felt like we were getting ready to conquer the whole world. And I don't see that sentiment in your generation. And I'm not putting the blame on your generation. I'm putting the blame on all those of us who handed your generation to you. Okay, the world that we've been given to you. Okay. And thus, perhaps it makes sense that there is increasing decline of faith. Even the Muslim community in general back in the 90s was full of energy and excitement. All kinds of wonderful things were happening, both in terms of Islamic centers as well as uh, in terms of general mainstream culture. But for the past 15 years, you and I have been having to prove that we are not a threat. And I've told you many times I've spoken at churches, you would think that in churches everyone would be welcoming. And the, the lower the socioeconomic class, the more welcoming they usually were. The higher the socioeconomic class, more often people were pushing me to prove that I am the default of Islam in America, not the exception. That I am the default of Islam, not the exception. Which means what? They're seeing me as somebody calm, and they're seeing me as the exception. Okay. And that's what's in people's minds right now. Right. So once again, I'm saying, why wouldn't you have exhaustion, mental exhaustion? Why wouldn't you have struggles of faith if it's as though people keep smacking you on the face day after day after day after day to the point you don't even notice anymore? Good. And then add to that the bombardment of social media and all the things that get posted stressing us out on social media. Why wouldn't you be exhausted? So having said that, especially for the people who are graduating, some suggestions, and some of these are repeats of what you hear from me over and over again. Principle number one is to remind yourself that if you do not carry the burdens of our society who will, you are a special privileged class of Muslims globally. Just about every other place in the world outside of America, Muslims are suffering in all kinds of different ways. Just about every single Muslim society across the world has its own chaos, which is either internal or external. But 
My point is that you and I, by having the privilege of being in this society, even though the microscope is on us, you still have a higher level of responsibility in terms of what you're going to do. And that can manifest as activism, that can manifest as service. But a way to frame these things is that when Allah Ta'ala puts an opportunity before you, he has given you an opportunity to get close to him. Okay. So what does that mean? Each time one of you enters my office, what has just happened? Allah Ta'ala has opened a door for me by serving you to get closer to him. Every time I'm walking down the street and someone is asking for money, in that moment, Allah Ta'ala has opened a door for me by helping this person to get closer to Allah. Think about this. We're taught that there's 70 levels of Iman, and the lowest level of Iman is to take twigs and knock them out of the path. And think about what you're doing. Other people are going to walk down this path. You're making sure they don't accidentally step on it. That is also one of the branches of Iman. That is one of the branches of faith. So every time you have an opportunity for service, every time I receive an email from an organization, especially a Muslim organization asking for a donation to do their work, assuming they're legit, sometimes they're not, but assuming they're legit, a door has opened for me to get closer to Allah in that moment. So what am I saying? Service is not something you're doing for someone else. Service is when you are accepting the opportunity of favor that Allah Ta'ala is putting before you by way of helping others. This becomes especially important because when we get involved in activism, when we get involved in service, we often burn out. And a lot of reasons for that is we may not have a tangible goal, thus you're just going to do it forever. Okay? And usually, if anything, the goal is something colossal, right? like ending an occupation. Okay? And so that is often one place of disappointment. And then when the rest of the community doesn't seem to support you in what seems to be the most obvious work, then that becomes a doorway to frustration. But what am I saying? These are doors that are opening for you to get closer to Allah. Always remember that every single time you get one of those emails. Always remember that every time you get a call for help. A door has opened. You're not obliged to walk through it, but a door has opened before you. And this goes even a step further. We're promised that every time you give money, fi sabilillah, in the way of Allah, Allah then multiplies it. And I've shared some of these stories with you. One of the stories is that some years ago, quite a few years ago, when I was just a part-time teacher, I had a student from even long time before that asking for some help. Her father had passed away, eight kids in the family, and they're struggling even on public aid. And she wasn't calling me asking for money, but then I thought to myself, all right, how many lunches would I need to skip in order to give her a certain amount of money, and then I did. And she kept saying, okay, just to be clear, I didn't call you for money. I was calling for uh, ideas and where to turn to. And so then in this process, that was in the summer, I'm also looking at the future that, okay, more and more people are entering this field. There's gonna be less and less opportunities to go into Islamic studies or teaching Islamic studies. But then what happens shortly after that, I get a call from one particular school saying, we need a teacher right now. Out of nowhere. And then I, I got that position, and then I got a call from the same boss in that same, uh, later on in the week saying, okay, 
For whatever reason, this one other class was supposed to get canceled. It didn't get canceled. Can you teach that also? Okay. And then I had class, classes there offered semester after semester after semester after semester. And if you do the math, I got paid back at least tenfold for what I gave. Okay, I'll give you another example. Even before that, I was going to an Islamic conference. And there it was time to pay the fees and someone is also in need of help. And so I thought, okay, here, I'll, I'll give a check. And same questions, all right, you know, funds were tight, what do I do? I go to this conference, it was a Memorial Day weekend some years ago, and then as I'm driving back on that Monday, I get a call from a school that I was teaching at saying, okay, we just got these extra research funds, do you want them? Okay. And once again, the ratio was exactly 10 to 1. Okay. And so what else am I saying? When Allah Ta'ala opens a door for you for service, at one level, it's Allah Ta'ala is opening a door for you to get closer to him, and at another level, he is going to pay you back in dunya, not just in akhirah. And the promise is that he's going to give you more and more and more. Because the ayat about giving, this is near the end of Surah Al-Baqarah. When you give in the way of Allah, you've all heard this, or you will hear this, especially as you go to get older and go to every single fundraiser, because it's always quoted that if you give in the way of Allah, if you, it's like planting a seed, and then the stalks come out, and each there's seven stalks of corn, and then each one has a hundred different sprites, sprouts, whatever the word is. And the point is that the return is as much as 700 to one. And seriously consider this. I'm saying try it as an experiment to see how your life plays out. So what are we saying here? I'm putting this burden again upon each and every one of your shoulders that by way of the fact that you are of our privileged class, you have a higher level of responsibility of service. But what that is also saying is because you're privileged in dunya, you may also have more doors open for you in terms of getting closer to Allah than the next person. How does the next person get closer to Allah? Those who are in oppression, that's wide open. Okay. But you and I will have door after door after door open for us, and it becomes your choice whether or not to walk through. And this goes back to what I said to many of us in the senior send-off a few, a few weeks, or maybe it was last week, that I'm also burdening you with the responsibility of being mentors to other people, meaning I'm burdening you with being the person that you wish you had at this school. Okay. Yeah, sure, I'm chaplain, mashallah, mashallah, and all that stuff, but what I'm saying also is think of all the different ways you wish you had somebody older who could guide you. Maybe the sisters would prefer to have a female chaplain. You be that female mentor. Maybe the brothers would prefer to have a female. Okay. Yeah, okay. But what I'm saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, is be the person that you wish you had for those who are younger. Okay? You're never, like, not ready. If you've lived longer than someone else, then you have plenty of advice to give. Much of the advice that I give to many of you is just because I've lived twice as long as you, mashallah. Right? And take on that responsibility. This is on your shoulders. And then if you don't, then you are requiring all the other younger people to reinvent the wheel just like you have to. Someone to guide you in what classes to take, someone to guide you in how to apply, someone to guide you in life matters, someone to guide you in family matters, so forth and so on. You be that for other people. 
and the more people you can do it for, the more people you are also keeping in the dean. How many times have I spoken to people where for them, they really feel like, and it's so strange, but they really feel like I'm the first Daisy uncle type who they feel is talking to them politely, who they feel is talking to them compassionately, who they feel is someone of religion who they can actually talk to. Okay? And all it is is giving rahmah to people. That's what the Prophet, peace be upon him, gave to each and every one of us. So now, in what may be one of your final jummas, let's ask Allah for forgiveness. Wa akhir da'wana and alhamdulillah. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. When we move forward into life, think about what you're going to be hit with. Another point we've made many times, that you will guaranteed be hit with struggle over the course of your life. And it's struggle when you're hit in aspects of your life you don't want to be hit, by, hit in. So, maybe you don't care as much about your car, get your car getting dented, doesn't mean you're being hit with very much struggle. But what if you love your car, and then it gets dented, then it becomes a test. And where will you especially be tested? Inshallah, when you have children, you will definitely be tested with your children. Okay? But you will be tested regarding your income. And in this political climate that has no indication that it's ending anytime soon as it gets more and more mainstream, you're de definitely going to be tested just with faith in Allah in the sense that is Allah going to take care of us? Is Allah going to protect us? You are absolutely going to get tested. I can't even list how many different ways in the past 20 years or so, or even in the past 10 years I've been tested. Even in this past summer, very, very huge things were taking place in my world to the point that I didn't even want to come back to school. And I thought, okay, I can't wait till the school year ends. This is going to be such a long year. And then it flew by. But what am I saying? Every one of us is going to be tested again and again and again, especially with struggle. And we often have the notion that the default should be no tests. That's not dunya. Paradise is where the default is no test. Dunya, the default is test. And so, as we've said many times, you're going to be tested with struggle, you're going to be tested with ease, and of course, tested with obedience, and of course, being tested with difficult choices in life. This is every moment of your life will be one or more of these four things, ease, difficulty, obedience, and making difficult decisions. But it is a bit easier if you don't have to uh, uh, deal with those alone. So what I'm also saying is that for those of you especially who are graduating, make it an active process to stay in touch with each other. Because okay? the type of friendships you develop in college are very different than all the rest of your friendships. Again, speaking from experience, that those people with whom I went to college, there's a special bond, even if we're never in touch with each other. And so each and every one of you with the people that you're sitting with right now, you have a special bond of this special experience. Yeah, look at me. This special experience um, that you're never going to have again. And, but you have to make it an active process to stay in touch with each other. But I'm saying to do so to help you get through life. 
Okay? That when you have a special bond of trust, then you can share this is what's going on in my world. Because okay? you're not going to get that from your coworkers. And you may get that from your classmates in your next round of school, inshallah. But the point is this is something that has to be actively cultivated. And that's how friendship works. The same question over and over again. How many people are there in your world who when you need it, they will show up for you? Okay. But the better question is how many people are there in your world that when they need it, you will show up for them? Because you're going to have it over the course of your life. Someone who has a, a, a family tragedy, someone who has uh, a major uh, accident happen in their world, or someone who has a sickness. Okay. And this is community. This is ummah. And what this also means is that we're also embracing each other's complexity. We're embracing how every single one of us is a very complicated person. Right? I was laughing to myself, perhaps it wasn't appropriate, that at the senior send-off, I was giving this serious talk, and then I canceled everything out with all those jokes I was cracking about the photos. Right? But those of you who know me, that's me. Right? Serious and silly. And there's a whole bunch of complications in between both of those that I have, and each and every one of you, as part of you being human, has all kinds of complications. But that's part of what makes you you. I mean, none of us is this perfect, perfect, consistent behaving person. Every single one of us has a zillion contradictions within ourselves. But as you develop appreciation and love for your friends, you will see that's the stuff that you really love about them, that this is how this person gets. Okay. So the first point I'm making is to dedicate yourself with service, but the idea being look at service as Allah opening a door for you to get closer. And this other point is that how do you express your value? How do you express the worth that you have? By cultivating your friendship with the people who are here. Okay. And really do it. You're going to look back 20 years from now, inshallah, and some of you will still be friends. Okay. And you'll think back to those memories, how much each of you have evolved over the years. Because I've told some of you, Hussein Sattar and I, Sheikh Hussein, we've known each other. I've known him since he used to dress in Armani suits, drive in, drive in a Mustang GT. Mufti Haroon, who does all the funeral services, he and I have known each other since second grade. We saw U2 in concert. I mean, this is Mufti Haroon. His beard goes down like, it's like infinity length long, right? And so many of these other people. And part of the joy is just looking at how we've all grown together, how we've all made it through life together. That's the stuff of life. But it also does include pain. It also does include worry. You can't have love without pain. You can't have love without worry. But if you have to choose, if I had to choose between a life separated from everyone else with zero pain or a life involved in people's lives and they're involved in mine with frustration, anger, sadness, I'm always going to pick the second one. Yeah. That's much more of a fun life. That's a real life. The other life is the illusion of being safe in brutal loneliness. But to be a friend, you have to be vulnerable. You have to share your vulnerability with your friend. And sometime your friend will, will cherish your vulnerability, and sometime your friend will mock it. But that's part of friendship. But now this brings us full circle. 
that you and I know our ultimate vulnerability is what we share with Allah Ta'ala. So I'm saying over the course of your life, make it so that you can look back on today and see that, okay, you've improved on your prayers. You've improved on your fasting. You've improved on your integrity of character. You've improved on how you interact with your family. You've improved on how you interact with your friends. And you've especially improved on your obedience to Allah and your reliance on Allah. And that starts by, by acknowledging how vulnerable you are. Because every person who has ever succeeded in the dunya perspective, you will guaranteed, you will see they had some lucky breaks in the process. Maybe the lucky break is that someone came to them, a mentor, in the right time. Maybe they happened to get a perfect opportunity to land, and then they made the most of it. Every single person has that opportunity if they're super successful in dunya. Nobody has made it to the top levels of dunya purely on work. And a lot of times, what is that lucky break? It's the family that you're born into. Okay. And that's true for many of us in this room, okay. whether we want to admit it or not. And what am I saying? There are so many aspects of my life that I did not choose that were blessings for me whether or not I realized it. But deeper than that, the more I can appreciate how vulnerable I am at any given moment, the more it is easier for me to turn to Allah. And the more I turn to Allah, the less I will be relying upon all the challenges of dunya, whether it's the rat race of getting the, the nicest car, the nicest house, or the most kids, or the kids with the most grades. You're gonna see this, some of your parents have probably showed off about you behind your back. You know, they'll say, look, your kid has only gotten into UIC, my kid got into Loyola. But then, of course, when those parents get home, go clean your room. But the point I'm saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, at the end of the day, what matters even most and more than your relationships with society of service, with your community of friends, is your relationship with Allah. So look back at yourself back in August, or look back in yourself, for those of you who are older, to when you began your college career, and ask yourself, how has your relationship with Allah changed? Some of us will say it's improved. Some of us will say it's gone down. Some of us will say it's the same. But the answer will always be related to how much effort are you putting into it. Okay. Over and over again. Sometimes you're not going to be in the mood, but you have to put in the effort. Sometimes you're going to be full of energy and gratitude, and it becomes easy to put in effort. But it's always, always up to you. Meaning the world does not owe you anything. And you're going to really experience that outside of college life, that you have to start figuring things out even more for yourself. Okay. But you owe many things to the world. You owe many things to Allah Ta'ala. And <clears throat> I am also hoping that periodically on your schedule you do come back here, if at the very least so that I can see you and see how you're doing. Right? But even more than that, so that you come and be those elder brothers and sisters for all the people who are coming here later on. So. so with that, I remind you of the one who has struggled more than all of us. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Indeed, 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 Allah and his angels send blessings upon the Prophet. O you who believe, send blessings upon the Prophet. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. 
اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم O oh Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet وسلم, and upon his family and upon his companions and extend the blessings and peace upon them. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana waqina adhab al-nar Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter and protect us from the fire. O turner of hearts, turn our hearts to your obedience and make our foothold firm and do not make us a test for those who have already rejected you. And if we have any rancor in our hearts against any of our brothers or sisters, guide us to wash it out of our hearts. And in these next few days and weeks when we are taking these exams, please guide us to have both calmness in our study and determination in our study and grant us the success that we seek. And then please guide us to use those successes to serve you more and more. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Aqeem as-salah.